I had to shake him on my last case, big O don't play. Welcome back to another episode of the Musky Hunks Podcast. I'm one of your four hosts this evening, Ryan Reed. We have three hunks on the line in addition to myself and no guests for this evening. So, And everybody just turned it off. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Them everybody again. Just hit that off button. Wah, 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 wah. And find, you're going to have to ask, you know, maybe post in a Facebook group. ISO fishing podcast. How about that? <laughs> ISO fishing podcast. So who do we have on the phone tonight? We have Mr. Donnie Swink, aka the Grim Reaper. <laughs> Good evening, boys. Good evening. How many bodies you got today, Donnie? Just one. Just there. one so far today. Body count is one. Let the bodies hit the floor. Oh God. We all we also have on the phone tonight. We're not gonna explain that to anybody, just so everybody knows. We also have on the phone tonight, Mr. Tom Venata. Hello. Hello. How's the crocs hanging? Oh, they're hanging. It's I did actually polish a few pairs today. Two pairs. You what? Polish a few pairs today, yeah. <laughs> Had a little, you know, some muck on them, so getting them nice for the winter. I don't Moving have anything along. good to say about that one. We <laughs> also, I, I love Crocs. Too much time yeah. on your hands. Yeah. We all, we also have on the phone tonight, <laughs> Mr. Owen Seaman and Big O's Bucktails. Good evening, gentlemen. Glad to be back. Glad to be back. We're uh, we missed last We've been week. Sick, dude. We like the the whole group of. I mean, most of us have been sick for the past couple of weeks. I mean, I couldn't have podcasted these last two weeks if I wanted to. So say, has it been what two weeks or one week since we did this? It's two. That's we got ahead of it because remember we were ahead. Hey, we used our week. one in the hopper, and now I'm uh, behind again. Yep. Well, so now the pressure's on Tom to get some editing done. Although mm-hmm. I don't know, Ryan may pick up the slack here. Might have to pick it up this week to get it out by Sunday, but we'll we'll make it happen. We'll see what happens. If not, you know, maybe it'll be late. Nick's fault. Mm-hmm. It's all Nick's fault. Definitely. All right, so we have a topic for tonight, and this is kind of an interesting one that Tom brought up to us as a group. Uh, I'm not sure that I fully understand the topic, but I think Donnie Donnie put it into like plain English for me, which really, really helped in our text thread. So Donnie gave like a kindergarten version of it. We're going to go deeper. We're going to go a little little harder at it. All right, right, so why don't you explain to us what our topic is for, for tonight? Okay, so before you tell me it's all bullshit, this isn't like my thing. This is like a psycho, like this is like a psychological thing. This is studied. This is not me. This is something like we talked about in college, and lately it's just been like popping back up. Like I've seen it in a few videos lately, and things are happening, and I'm like, it's too perfect. Like if I could go back to like college and psych and write a paper, it would be on this and how perfectly it plays into fishing. Trust the too science, good. people. That's what he's saying. Yeah, kind of. But it's very, it's really easy. You're overthinking it. So it's the Dunning-Kruger effect. And I'm reading this right off old Wikipedia so I don't screw it up. It's a cognitive bias where people with low ability, expertise, or experience regarding a certain type of task, like fishing, or area of knowledge, like fishing, 
tend to overestimate their ability or knowledge. Uh, some researchers also include in their definition the opposite effect. For high performers, uh, their tendency to underestimate their skills and think they're less than they really are. And I, th I mean, I think it's like it ties well into all fishing, but musky fishing especially. Let, let me let me stop you there and just and say okay. this in with regard to musky because I I I see what exactly what you're talking about, and I read the article that you sent us. Mm -hmm. Um, I think first and foremost, I think that kind of applies to just about everything. Everything, um, yeah, for yeah. sure. But in terms of musky fishing, like you had you had just mentioned that. You know, people catch a muskie and they think they know it all. I, I think it's a little bit like I think it takes someone to catch a couple muskies on one body of water. Yeah. Where <clears throat> where then they think they know they've got mm -hmm. things figured out, whereas, you know, then I mean, it could be different for anyone. You see some people catch two fish and they're like, oh, they start a freaking fishing page. They're like, I know everything there is to know about muskie. And some guys, like you said, they might fish a body of water hard for a year do well and they're like okay now i have them beat you know now i know it all like so that kind of varies i think so an aspect of this would be like catching one 40 inch muskie and essentially getting your guide license it yes. could be if you can look up these graphs online just type in dunning kruger effect and you can literally follow the little curve and think of an example along the way and it's it's creepy how well it ties into muskie fishing i mean so, you know the Right out of the gate, I think the thing that, that comes to mind for me, and I feel like this is, again, like Owen said, it goes with pretty much anything, but there's an element of ego that really for comes sure. into play here where, like you said, somebody catches one, uh, catches a few, especially if they're not privy to the world around them. And the, mm -hmm. there are people that are out there, you know, doing this regularly, catching fish regularly. There are the Greg Thomases of the world, if you will. Uh, they don't even know about these people yet. They think because, you know, they got a million attaboys on Facebook from people who never caught musky fish before mm -hmm. either, uh, that, that they're the uh, they're the authority on this now. Yeah. Oh, this is uh, interesting. Well, uh, what comes to mind, I don't know if any of you guys have read this book, but have any of you read the book by Pete Mana, Musky Suck? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. A long time ago. Yeah. First, first chapter when he talks about musky fishing as, as a disease. And the way people's egos swell when you catch a muskie and, and, and that whole, that whole first chapter, mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like that plays right into this. And that, well, you know, that, that right there is okay. That's important. Cause that's where it peaks. So if you look at, if you type in, if you're listening right now, you type in Dunning Kruger effect and you look at the graph of like the Dunning Kruger effect. So you start low, like if you can picture like a, a, a graph, you know, you start low, no knowledge. And that first climb that you're talking about that ego the data point is so high that you know everything. You know what I mean? I'll say this. I mean, that is, I mean, I think you're talking about kind of human nature. I think yeah, if you, for sure, I mean, part of, you know, as you get older, you, you begin to learn to not have, not try not to have as many highs and lows. And, and I guess as I get older, I start to, I, I've learned a long time ago that how little I know about everything, you know, like mm -hmm. I really don't know shit about anything, no matter how smart I think I may be, or no matter how successful I think I'm going to be, whatever, like there is always someone out there that knows a lot more than me. There's always someone out there that can teach something to me. But yes, you're right. There are people in the musky world in particular who 
think they know it all, so to speak. And the and... thing is, like, we're all guilty of it. Like, I'll throw myself under the bus right now, like trolling. It doesn't have to be musk. Like, we're looking at musky fishing in general. You can take like a little tiny like division trolling. So I, I, you know, I had my heater trolling day, and all of a sudden I'm like, I fucking beat trolling. I'm putting on trolling <laughs> seminars, baby. And then you go out again, you know, you get skunked, you lose some baits, that heater wait, ends. That, wait, you start I did the same thing. In. I did the yeah. same yep. stuff I did, I did last the same time. Thing. What's going work on? Why week? am I catching catfish? Yeah. I caught eight fish last yep. week and doing this exact same uh-huh. thing. So then you start getting in that ditch, you know, and you spend time. If you, like I said, if you're looking at that graph, you spend time in that hole. You don't climb right out of it. But over time, you know, you start learning things and learning things and learning. There's more to this, like, just like trolling. I'm learning. There's more to trolling than I thought there was. And I'll be the first to admit it. Just meet like me and all the millions of other people that talk shit on trolling that say, I hate trolling. It's kind of like that you lack that knowledge. So, you you know, you overestimate your ability. You're like, I don't troll, but, you know, it's probably pretty easy. I'm probably a beast at it. And that's the Dunning-Kruger effect. That's where you start right there. That's the nice part about knowing that you don't know a lot is like. You can be aware of it. like Slow I got no problem like, telling people that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like I, I'm learning. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I got no problem. It's because I don't necessarily have an ego in that sense. You know what I mean? I, that that isn't something that like I don't know floats my boat. You know, it, it, I'd rather learn from people and and be the humble person and say, hey, mm-hmm. like what the hell? I I'm here to pick up knowledge. Self-awareness is yes. a very crucial thing that a lot of people lack in today's world. <laughs> well, I'm going to throw, I threw myself under the bus there. I'll throw Donnie under the bus here. You can we'll switch gears. So we'll, let's talk steelhead fishing, Donnie. <laughs> no one Starting. wants to talk steelhead no, fishing. Yeah, well, why quick, would we want to do that? Just like all musky fishermen. So re- you, you remember that first part of that Dunning-Kruger thing is like where you, the people with low ability or experience overestimate their knowledge and like their ability, you know? So you're saying, it, be honest here, right off the bat, we're walking into our first day of like good steelhead fishing. You're like, this shit's easy. This is dumb. And then you hook your first steelhead and you're like, okay. Like that was, a, I think I remember your first one. You either broke it off or lost it or something. You were like, holy shit. Like maybe yeah, there's, mean, a, there's a little more to this than I, I thought. And that's yeah, when you I kind mean, of started. I don't agree with you completely there. Uh, only because. <laughs> of I, course I, he doesn't. No, well, because I am aware of it because yeah. I've been humbled by muskie so many times. I understand that. You know, it doesn't matter what you're doing. There's a learning curve to it. If you're really going to fish for any species of fish and you're going to do it, uh, you know, be successful at it regularly. I get that. Uh, what I would say with the trout, like the truth is, if I'm being completely honest, I do think it's a little easier than learning how oh, to fish if you're going to do it. It's a different arena. One. We're talking and a different arena. For that right? reason, I'm not that interested in it. That's fair. Meaning, meaning you that, don't like go through like, that learning curve to no. and have like the pissing contests with people, right. you know, right. like over. I was I was kicking around some ideas with Nate Bud too, and we were talking about musky and bass guys. So musky guys love talking shit on the bass guys. We know that. Yeah. And now that could be well, one of two guys things. Like talking shit on it. They musky do. Guys yeah, like they talking talk shit, shit on everybody. They do. They literally do. no others. Right. And, and, you know, that goes with the territory. Yeah. You know, it's the apex predator. So we get the apex alpha males now, that are out there to kick yeah. ass. And that's what I'm saying. That could be one of two things. A musky guy can either have come from bass roots. You know, maybe he tried bass fishing and he's like, that shit was too easy for me. Or maybe you have the guy that never bass fished, you know, and maybe he's 
Dunning-Krugering himself, you know, he's overestimating his ability. He's saying, you know, bass fishing's too easy, blah, 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 but he would get his tits licked by any, like, good bass fisherman, pro bass fisherman, you know, like, he could learn a thing or two. So, just, getting, I, get, getting, so Tom just said something, okay, and I feel like this is part of this, because at what point do you feel like, and I'm just going to quote Tom here, getting your tits licked, is that what you said? <laughs> This is an old uh, expression in high school. I thought I thought okay, other people so knew it. Maybe not. Th- that's not my expression. That's your mm. expression. But what I'm what I'm gathering here is if you guys think through that, like this is this part of this where we we as musky fishermen or individuals in musky fishing feel the need to essentially beat the next person. You know, whether it's catching Lift the biggest up. fish whether it's catching more fish, like, is that part of the effect where the, the general idea of this is when you hit that point, like you just think that you're basically killing it and you're, you're doing better than everyone else. Like, where mm-hmm. does that, where does that come from? Is that the, is that the Kruger effect or is that just general ego? I think that's general, like anything that is competitive in nature, anytime like people are, are putting themselves against other people, you can have the Dunning-Kruger effect, I guess, in the sense that they, you know, people are trying to outdo someone in it at, at their first bit of success. They're going to tell everybody how good they are, you know, and then it's like then they get humbled. And it, if, if I'm understanding what Tom is saying correctly, but it could really be in just about anything where there's i don't care baking you know competitive baking competitive cooking you know anything um there's this there's like this element that people just in general like to one-up everybody else like you you hear you get into conversations like at work and people say you know oh i i went on vacation i went to puerto rico we had a we had a great trip. Then the next person was like, "Well, we went to we went to Jamaica, yeah, and we, we went on a cruise here, this and that." When they studied this, like they so they like I said, this isn't my bullshit. Like Donnie can't be like, "Oh, you're dumb, shut up." This is like they they did studies on you can, but they did studies <laughs> on and they what they they mainly studied driving and things like that where people really where it's like real dramatic, you know, like how how often do people overestimate their driving abilities? Like I've never been in a wreck, and then they freaking t-bone someone and but how would the dunning-kruger effect play in with driving like what did, what did the studies well, show i can't really remember specifically but i mean like if you could think of examples like so you start out driving like you got your first car can you remember like your first time behind the wheel of a car how fucking scary that was right mm-hmm. and then you turn 18 and you're like oh my god i'm ricky bobby i am like right bring on the world i will you know and then, then you get in your I was first doing crash. That from the minute I got in the car, man. I think there's also <laughs> just a subset of society that that has a personality that is going to go towards that. Like, I've yeah. never been a, a daredevil, so to uh-huh. speak. You know, this I've is... never been the guy that like wanted to drive you know what a I million mean, miles an hour to show off to women. You're, you're like, 16. Look at how loud my car is. Yeah, but you're like, 16. You've never been in a wreck, but it's still terrifying. But then, you know, you go a certain period where you don't get in a wreck. You get a little comfy. And then maybe you go out in your first wreck. And then I was you still feel driving gun shy, like... my 1981 Chevy Citation. <laughs> so the booger. Are we, are we saying that this is all people? Like every pretty much you know, everyone's guilty of it in some. Every, so. Well, that's, I, I everyone, that's so. the thing. Everyone is guilty of it in some aspect. That's the crazy. I, I would part. agree that maybe to a point, I think everybody's probably guilty of it a little bit. But I feel like there's a difference 
in some people where some people want to compete you can with be everyone around them okay and other people compete with themselves okay. i think that's where the difference is and that's the person who competes with the people around you whether you know them or not or you know somebody else on facebook or the guy next door who has a nicer truck than you or whatever it might be or are you the type of person that just tries to outdo yourself okay so what so what are we driving at here then because you kind of tom you took us through like the the scenario kind of so i wanted to say too another important part of this is like the end so like the the first part we talked about is people with low expertise overestimate their abilities, right? So the other end of that is people with really high expertise underestimate their abilities. So like, think of it this way. If you take, think of Ryan Reed after he caught five muskie. If I said Ryan Reed on a scale of one to 10, how good of a muskie fisherman are you? I'm guessing you would have told me pretty damn good. You would have said like a seven maybe, right? You would have been, it would have been high. It wouldn't have been a two yet. Like after See, think of, think of your first heater when you were as confident as you've ever been. You're like, I got this shit nailed. Like, what would you have rated yourself? I don't know. I probably, I mean, I don't see. That's the tough part about this. I know my answer, man. After I had my, I had my first good summer. I would have told anybody an eight. I would have been like a seven or an eight. I got this shit figured out. No. See, but I never really. That's the personality that. thing. See that yeah. that's yeah, that's, that's, where, that's, I, the, I've never that's where I disagree. That. Not everybody is, but that, okay, is but, like that. But that's the thing. So then, if you take an expert, you ask someone. Let's let's take Joe Booker. If we go back and we ask Joe Booker, Joe, on one to, on a scale of one to ten, how good of a musky fisherman are you? There's a good chance, Joe. I mean, granted, you have some professional fishermen that are going to say, "I'm a fifteen out of a 10 I'm the best there is. But if you take a really talk about a guy that's been professionally fishing for 50, 60 years, you ask him, I bet he's not going to say a 10. He's going to say a seven and eight. You know, I got a couple things to learn. Like one of the oldest sayings, I mean, dating back to, I mean, God, I don't even want to know. I don't even know when, but it's like the, the wise man is the one who knows he knows nothing. Mm. You know, that's it's. Isn't that really what the Dunning Kruger effect yeah. is? Is like when you get, when you get, when you get to a certain point, yeah. you realize like, I'm never going to know everything. So life is about learning. And the more I just say to myself, Hey, I'm, I'm here to learn all, everywhere out. I'm not here to teach people stuff. Mm -hmm. Like you're the, 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 the sooner you're going to be, you know, come to grips with the world in the sense that like, I don't know. I, I think you'd find a lot more happiness and contentment if you realize that you don't know everything and you're never going to know everything ever. Yep. Yeah, that's I, the one thing like, I, I've from the minute I started really musky fishing, I've I took the mindset that I knew that I knew nothing about it. And I'm not going to say, you know, we all like Tom said, we're all guilty of it. At times we have a good day, you get a little right. uh, feeling good about yourself, you know, maybe flex your belt around if you're Ryan Reed or whatever. <laughs> uh, well, that's that's a but, that's a good point, though. <laughs> but like it, it is. And that's the truth. That's the way it goes. It's part of the highs and lows of musky fishing. Mm -hmm. I think it's why we do it. But I also like there's there's an element to, like I said, from the beginning, I've always had the mindset that I can learn if I'm fishing with somebody else who musky fishes or even if they don't, even if they just fish or whatever, and I'm fishing with them for the first time, there's something I can learn from them that's yeah. going to make me a better fisherman. Okay. So I never discredit anything mm -hmm. that anybody tells me, 
and you know, I, I've always just kind of tried to take everything that's been, if I'm with somebody on the boat, I'm watching what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I'll ask them why they're doing certain things. If it's different than what I do, and more than likely they've caught a fish doing it that that's way. That's it. That's self-right or wrong. As, as we talk this through, I'm actually thinking like as much as I, I think to myself, I'm, I would not be su- su- subject to the Dunning Kruger effect because I'm, I, I, terrifying. Well, no, I, I just thought back to this last year at Lake Nipissing. Like I was sure that I that knew, 54 baby. Eh, the 54 was five, no, the 54 is years ago. Like the yeah. 54 has got nothing to do with, with yeah. my, 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 my feeling about going to Lake Nipissing is like, I really felt like I had gained a good bit of knowledge knowledge that would keep me from ever getting skunked. Do you know what I mean? Like not mm. saying I was the shit, not saying I know everything, but I'm like, I've been going here for enough years that there's no way I'm going to get skunked. And sure but enough, to an extent, if you step back and you know, look at that, oh, and that kind of is like, it's not, you're not outright saying, you know, I'm the shit. I'm the best there is at Nipissing, but you're saying I went here. How many years did you go there at that point? Like three, five, four, uh, four, five, four, four. I've been four. there four years. You're yeah. saying technically to yourself, you're telling yourself, I went here four years. I kind of have it figured out. Yes, and that's how I felt. And that was the confidence. You know what I mean? It like, wasn't. It wasn't like, oh yeah, I'm gonna go up there and I'm gonna catch a fifty. But no, I mean, like mm-hmm. I, I felt confident, like that I, I could go up there and catch and put. And I felt confident I could tell mm-hmm. Donnie and and Kellen where to go and catch muskies. You know, mm-hmm. and sure enough, you know, I was not able to. And, and we so, like to blame yeah, and that, that definitely that, humbling. That crossroad right there, we always like to blame it on the fish. We always like to say, you know what, like something turned the fish off. They weren't cooperating. Like it See, was the fish, but you know, it could, it could be that you just were like wrong. You've been like fishing wrong. You've been getting lucky and now you're getting humbled that there's more to learn. You See, know? that's Maybe where it wasn't the fish. That's where I'll agree with this a hundred percent. It's not. See, when we were talking about this a little bit ago, I I'm struggling because I never felt like I was the best at anything or I was that high on what I was doing. It doesn't have to be the, but that's an extreme example, but, but you're, but you're right though. Owen's right in this scenario because I feel the same way, you know, with the Creek stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just talked to Rob Plocky about this the other day. Like we were talking about, you know, different things I've been doing. And I, and I, you know, I told him like, I feel confident in my ability to go to an area and be able to get a fish. And I feel like, you know, there's intangibles there. There's variables. Like, you know, we're, as we're talking through this, like I, I told him, you know, I'm like, I'm there for like nine, 10, 11 hours. Like, you're you're putting yourself in a position to have a higher percentage of catching a fish and you feel confident in that and me making the statement like yeah i feel like i'm gonna like i know i'm gonna get a fish there if i put the time in on this specific day this specific thing that i'm doing but guess what like it still may not play out that day like i still could go and get skunked like but that's not necessarily that might be the Kruger effect to the point where I'm that confident because of the experience. But Tom, to your point, like <clears throat> I've had days there where I felt like the king of the Creek, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I can relate to that, that I can relate to. And it's definitely not the case. And then you come back and quote, get your tits licked. Exactly. Okay. So, but again, like, I think there's a, still a little bit of a difference once you've put the time in that you you have the knowledge to have that confidence at least like that yeah. confidence isn't completely unearned, but you know, the, it's again, then you have to get to the point where you also have the self-awareness and the knowledge to understand that you can be doing everything right and still get your ass kicked too, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it, it's just, it's all part of that progression. Like 
I mean, I'd like to, I can draw the parallel to hunting again that we've done a couple times in the past. And I guess this is why they call it musky hunting. Everybody likes to say that, but you know, I, I went, I, I haven't hunted as much in recent years, but I did get out rifle season this year. I really wanted to shoot a doe at least just because it's been a few years since I, I actually shot a deer and I've been missing it. Don't see your needs. Yeah. And I wanted to, uh, I wanted to get out and I did. And like, you know, I'm talking to my buddy, Josh, who I've hunted with my entire life. And we go out the first Saturday of, of rifle season. We went to a spot at a certain state park, not far from here, Ra- raccoon state park. I guess there's no reason for me not to say it, but, uh, we've hunted there our entire lives. And like, we, we had these conversations on the phone. We know we can go to this certain spot. We can sit there all day and we'll shoot. We'll each shoot a doe on Saturday. We've done it a million times. We both went out and sat from sun up to sundown and didn't see a damn thing. Not freaking maybe, And maybe in that moment, like maybe in that moment, you lack the hunting knowledge to say that these deer picked up and moved. You know what I mean? Like maybe that was your moment right there to say that where you, that Mm -hmm. started falling back into that hole. Yeah. There's more of this shit than I thought there was. I have 25 years, whatever it is of experience hunting those woods. And I know where these deer, you know, have typically Mm -hmm. moved over the years. I just, I haven't hunted out there in like four or five years. I assume that there would still be deer moving through the area. They always have been, you know, and if, if you look at a thing, if you look at it, this graph too, you could look at that too, is that you're on the upswing of things too. You could look at that as like, you've been in the hole of this sucks. I'm never going to learn how to hunt. And maybe you're on the way back up of like, okay, there's more oh, of this shit. I have something to learn when the weather's I mean, this I- way, you know, whatever. The truth is, I've probably that's probably again why I never, like I never let musky fishing get to my head too too much is because, I mean I've I've been through that aspect of it with deer hunting probably when I was still in high school you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I shot a couple bucks when I was young and thought I was, you know whoever the white tail king, and I've also gone fifteen years without flinging an arrow at a buck you know. So yeah. I've seen the ups and downs of that. Well, you said in, earlier, you kept saying self-awareness and that's important because it's like this whole thing operates under the assumption that like you lack the self-awareness to tell yourself that you're doing this. Like if you can tell yourself, if you, you know what I mean? If you can catch yourself and say, Hey, I'm getting a little fucking cocky here. See, I, kinda, coming and, from my golf, golf background, playing competitive, somewhat competitive golf i mean that is such a humbling humbling sport that like you know and it's so individual i guess i learned a long time ago because i was not that good at golf so i was humbled a good you know what i mean like i wasn't that kid that was like so good that i just like you know had all the confidence in the world i mean i you know i i was not a a large physical specimen so like I had to do everything right. And it, mm-hmm. I got humbled quite a bit. And so I guess that that's, a, that's certainly a, a way to learn that, you know, no matter how good you th- might think you might be, you're probably not as good as you think you are. You know, I'm, I'm going into this. I told you guys, I'm going into this new hobby here. I'm going to start pouring like soft plastic baits and I'm trying to like stay a step ahead of myself and catch myself. Cause I know the first time I pour around to like trout worms that I like, I'm going to be like, I got this shit figured out. It's time to start a company and I'm going to want to start selling trout worms. I'm going to go, want to go balls to the wall and then something's going to happen. That's going to tell me like, 
We see slow down. Pump first, those brakes, kid. First of all, first of all, trout worms. Like I'm starting awful. small. I'm starting Dude, small. There Shut are up. a billion. Gonna... There are a billion bass and and all like that soft plastic stuff for bass and trout. Dude, there's a, a dime a dozen, man. Like Dunning Kruger could... effect here, everybody. Dunning Kruger effect in the sense that it's going to take you forever to get to. Where these I know, guys I'm saying, are. I'm saying that's what I'm trying to stay a step ahead of myself and tell myself this I mean, is going to be a long are road. You, are you making original, like, Eventually. No, no, not right off the bat, no. Because that's where with, with musky that. fishing, that's where with musky fishing, you can kind of make some type of a diff, uh, I don't want to say it's a there. Yeah, it's the gap's can, there right now. Yeah, you can make something that is different, that is mm-hmm. not quite like everything else with soft plastic. It's and, not as saturated as bass is to this point where they're making fucking octopuses and tarantulas, and it's it's kind of right. like. So are we going to. I want to. About muskies again. Well, I want to ask about this too, because I don't know if this goes hand in hand, but. Fire away. Whenever we were talking about this through text, like Donnie brought up like the mental aspect of musky fishing okay we've kind of like outlined what the kruger effect is and we know that's a real thing like whether or not we want to admit it all of us are going to go through that at some point regardless of what it is like i i go through it at work it stuff like you know i'm the king of my castle right now and i have been for years king of the castle but it also took a lot a long time for me to get there technically speaking so like through ups and downs i get that we're all guilty of that effect and and having that happen to us in one way or another. But the mental aspect of this musky fishing, there's a lot here that we could probably get into. And Donnie, you seem like you had something to say before I go any further. I did. I'm trying to remember what it was. though. What was I about to say? Uh, What did I want to say? Shit. (laughs) (laughs) I remember. I remember. Uh, Tom was talking about, you know, the the confidence and having too much confidence in in that kind of stuff a a few minutes back there and uh i just wanted to chime in that it's like that's where there's this there's that fine line because you don't want to go into situations overly confident setting yourself up for for being beat down those types of things but you also you know you need to build a bit of confidence trust your gut to go out and do this stuff and understand it. And that's where this mental thing all kind of comes together. Because if you don't have any confidence in what you're doing and you don't, you know, feel but good. That about doesn't that, go, that, that, that doing, goes exactly to what I, what I mean though, is like, you know, there's a point where you're learning, like you don't, you don't have the right technique, you, you know, you, but then there's a point where you feel like you have learned the technique. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what you're doing in that sense. It's, you can't make the, so it's when you, you've reached that level of, you feel like, you know, the technique, you feel like, you know, you're, you think, you think, you know, you're doing some things right. Right. I mean, I think we all know that if you follow people's advice, you fish weed lines, you, you do things the right way. You're mm-hmm. going to, there are ways to kind of up your percentages here and, you know, kind of help yourself out, but there's just no way to get these fish to bite. And that's where yeah. on Lake Nipissing, like I, when I was up there, I knew, I knew like, I knew the way that these fish should be acting. And of course I was <laughs> dead, dead wrong, you know? Yeah. Okay, so 
let me let me say one thing and that does does musky fishing attract a certain type of oh yeah i know what you're gonna ask I okay. know where I'm going with this one because I yeah. wanted to get so, it so out. Is, anyway. is it is it partly is it partly musky fishing or is it partly musky fishermen? I want to take that... this one before Donnie. Go, somebody go. go, go. So, like I said before, like Donnie, you said before, like self awareness is key. Like you got to be able to tell yourself, like I'm getting cocky here. Like I'm not the I'm not the king. I'm not hot shit. Like I think I am. And I think, like you said, musky fisher musky fishermen as a whole, not everybody, but they are kind of cocky people. They kind of tend to overestimate their ability like you know i'm fishing i'm out here i'm catching the fish in this lake that eats every other fish i am the best fisherman like plain and simple that's i think kind of like the logic like i'm catching the biggest fish in this lake that eats the other fish i'm the best fisherman and that is not necessarily the case and oh, I, yeah. I think that's that's like a I musky agree. fisherman mentality is like a big bad i'm the best i'm catching the biggest fish and that's like a the, lot the, the a person lot of that them, it, not all yeah, of them. yeah 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 but that's like but the yeah. person it tends to attract. Yeah. And I mean, as we talk about the, the mental side, if we're really getting into the mental side of musky fishing, like I do think to do this, let's just be real. You, you have to be a little bit crazy. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, to spend the money that we spend, the <laughs> right. hours that we spend, put our bodies through what we put them through just to catch a fish, to take a picture and put it back. Like it, it really is a little crazy. And when you and, put, I mean, well, when you put it aspect, like that, Donnie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, right. just the aspect of, I mean, think, like, again, I believe, I don't have a dictionary in front of me, but I believe the definition of insanity is to do the same things over and over and expect a different result. But yet, that's almost musky fishing in a nutshell. Right. Mm-hmm. You go to the same spots, you use the same lures, you do the same thing. And some days it works and some days it doesn't. Yeah. I think there's like, you got to, you got to draw a line because there's nothing wrong with like swinging for the fences based off your gut. You just got to be like, so like you said, you have to be self-aware that this might not work. You can't be like, oh, I know what I'm fucking doing. This is going to work. You know what I mean? Like you have to be able to tell yourself like this could end in heartbreak. Well, confidence, confidence is, is a key in just about anything, just like we've said about, you know, and that's where. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a life a life lesson that, hey, if you're confident, there's always that line between overconfidence and arrogance and where, mm-hmm. you know, it's great to be confident. Is it good to be overconfident? Not so much. But is it good to be arrogant? No. You know what I mean? Like, and that's a that's a very gray area. So is this OK? So is is the culture because right now we're talking about the culture of musky fishing and how some people, you know, are are essentially you know, I guess I'll use the term cocky or you, you get to that overconfidence and the, the arrogance. Now, is this is this because like does musky fishing draw these sorts of personalities out because of the culture of the fish? Like we're always told we're always told that this is the hardest fish to catch. This is the rarest fish mm-hmm. to catch in North America. Is it? Like, no, but that's my question. That's I, yeah, that's what I but mean. It's. It, it's yeah. it, in terms of, I I think when when we say the fish of ten thousand casts, you know why do they say that? It's because of the repetitive nature. It's not actually, you know, what I mean, we all know it's not actually ten. It doesn't take mm-hmm. ten thousand do- yeah. casts to to catch a muskie. Maybe but when it's the Joe idea. Booker first started, and <laughs> and there wasn't the the technology and the gear that we have today. So and that in but, itself, though, if you're if you have awareness. That in itself should kind of show people 
that they are not the greatest musky fishermen of all time. You know, when you go and buy lives, and I'm, I'm not knocking on anybody's game or live scoping or anything else, but I'm just saying you go out, you buy a live scope, you buy a nice boat, whatever, you go out and you catch a couple muskies. Okay, great. Congratulations. When Joe Booker was doing that 50 years ago out of a with no electronics, with right. no electronics or anything. So like you are not, you're not the king. You're just the next guy to do it. And mm. some people just don't get that. And I mean, I think to the answer to the question really is yes, that musky fishing does bring out a certain type because mm. a certain type is always going to be attracted to the hardest thing. I mean, whether it's the hardest mountain to climb, whether it's the hardest, you know, ma- uh, you know, bike track to, to race that everyone wants to do that hardest thing. And it's typically the alpha, you know, the, the alpha male that, is, that wants to, you know, be on top, on top, you know, top because who's on top of the musky fisherman, honestly, like is other it- than being uh, like, other than being a, a, an offshore guy, like salt water. Well, that, that question kind of like, what were you going to say, Ryan? Good. I was just going to ask, like, you know, is musky, like, is musky fishing really this hard? I like, like okay, yeah. We're so ingrained when we first get into this sport that musky fishing is so hard. It's so mm-hmm. much work. You got to put, you got to grind it out. You got to put on all this work and time and effort. And a lot of times people lose track of like, we're doing this for fun, but the, the general culture is like, it's hard work. It's hard mm. to do this. And it can be. Uh, okay. Mm. I mean, I think it is. I think there's, there's, I, I know Donnie was shaking his head. No, I think personally that I think it is because I know when I take a week off of my job to go and, you know, whatever it is that I'm going for rest and relaxation that I'm going to take a week. Am I working a hell of a lot harder to do what I want to do in musky fishing than I would be doing just about anything else? Mm -hmm. Yes. Physically speaking, because you know, I'm, I'm out casting. If you're, if you're out trolling, but even honestly, dude, even trolling all day long, man, that is. Yeah. I mean, I'm no, I'm not shaking my head that it's not hard. I was shaking my head. No, these fish are not that hard hard. to catch. Like, okay. It can be hard work because these fish are temperamental. Few in numbers. They're they're not, not, yeah. If they're, they're, they're temperamental. That's a good point. On any given body of water, they're the lowest density fish. Mm -hmm. But at the, to that same token, number one, especially where we live, look, we're not fishing northern canadian yeah. waters we see really some high density giants we're fishing <laughs> stocked pools in our local area that they are putting lots of muskies in this is not it, it's, it's all you really have to do is go out and put your time in, and eventually you'll catch a fish like it's not that hard yep Sorry, and I like <laughs> it's 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 like what you said there so we're fishing these stocked pools with all these musky right and we're seeing like I know you guys know people that have had 10 musky days, maybe a 15 musky day around here. You talk to guys on St. Clair, they're doing the same thing. There are other musky lakes like this where there's high densities. You're catching a lot of musky. And I like what you said earlier, Ryan and Donnie about like you catch a musky and suddenly you think you're like the best fisherman. I like that, that word fisherman. I'm the best fisherman because I caught the biggest fish, the hard, the quote hardest fish to catch, you know, 
and suddenly I'm the best fisherman. And I don't think that's true at all. Like that's the Dunning-Kruger effect right there. Like just because you caught that muskie doesn't make you the best fisherman. You know what I mean? Like I love to give bass guys more credit. You, you take a bass guy, they know so many intricacies about like the different kinds of plastic, like buoyancies of plastic. And you talk to muskie guys, some do, some know wood buoyancies and plastic buoyancies, but bass guys are so intricately like, they, they pay so much attention to these fine details. And then you have a musky guy that goes out there and catches a, yeah, well, okay. But still you have a guy that goes out there, throws a bucktail, catches a big musky. And he's like, I'm the king of the world. Like, you know, nothing about that bucktail. Like how heavy is that bucktail? What's, what's like, how buoyant yeah, is it? Is it, is it flashaboo? Is it hair? <laughs> like what's like, that doesn't make you the best fisherman because like you caught a musky. There is, is, is unfair though. Cause you're talking about somebody, uh, you're talking about a skilled bass fisherman versus somebody who just went out and caught their first musky on a bucktail. So, I, I mean, I think that same exact thing would be if some guy went and made his, took his little, uh, whatever the hell you want to call it, wacky worm, uh, and went and caught a six-pound largemouth at Lake Arthur. That's fair. I'm sure, uh, yeah. They're going to have that same exact yeah. mentality, like you, you said. You could apply it to bass but, fishing, for you know, sure. The, the musky fishermen that I know that do it regularly and, and do it well, I mean, they're putting a lot of thought into the things that they're doing as well. The type of, you know, you got people, they tie in their own leaders. These probably aren't new base, guys either, though. And, these probably aren't first year guys, second year guys, like no, people that are, no. they've, they've been through the, the ringer a little bit. And again, I think a difference with bass fishermen, if we're going to make that comparison or probably any other fishermen, trout, weather or whatever, I'm not saying that it doesn't have a learning curve because it does. And it takes skill to have to do it consistently and well, like you with trout, you can obviously outfish me with trout any day of the week. I wouldn't discredit that. There's no reason for me to think I could go stand next to you and go steelhead fishing and catch more trout than you. But I think that if I wanted to, I could get better at it faster than I could anybody who wanted to get into musky fishing because of the opportunities that you're going to get at those fish. But is that because you're, you know what I mean? Is that because you're self-aware of that? Like this whole time you're saying how like self-aware you are of it. Is that because of that? Or is that, you know what I mean? I is think it it's probably or because or I've had musky kick my ass enough that I understand yeah. it. But the, so the same thing goes with steelhead. I, I could play devil's advocate here. Yeah. You can go out and get your tits licked by the steelhead. You could go trudge 20 miles of a creek and not oh, catch sure. a fish. So, it's a, there, it's, like, yeah, it's I mean, all the same. It's all the same. It's rare that you're ever going to go out salmon fish or musky fishing and catch 30 fish in a day or anything. Though. So you yeah. always talk about reps and this and that. You know, that's a season in musky fishing, a good season for a lot of people. Where mm -hmm. You can go out and do that in one day uh, you know, yeah. and actually have opportunities to fish like that. Now, I'm not saying that a newbie is going to be able to do it, but what I am saying is, you know, you're going to get a lot more chances to learn faster with bass or trout or walleye oh, or yeah. anything like that. So I want to get into this because this is part of it. But the mental side of this, there are things that you experience throughout that Kruger process. Okay. That, that really at some point you're going to have to solve for as a fisherman and you're going to have to, whether it's through experience or, getting help from somebody, maybe from like chapter 16, Three Rivers Muskies, Inc., whatever the case is. But this mental side of this thing. So here's a question you for you guys. You always just ask stuff on Facebook. You know? <laughs> hey, where are they hitting at? Yeah. 
You could. Nice fish. Would you get them on? <clears throat> so you're. Let's go back to the beginning of this process. Or right? Watershed. <laughs> watershed. <laughs> go back to the beginning of this process. Okay. I'm a new musky fisherman. I'm trying to catch my first musky. I want to get into this. Okay. I go out for two years and I don't catch a single musky, and I'm struggling, and I, I'm having you know negative feelings about muskies at this point. But I still want to try to catch this fish. Okay, one of the things that bothered me that I needed to solve for myself and one of the things that I feel bothers other people getting into the sport is dealing with the mental aspect of social media and seeing everyone catching fish but you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so as a mental aspect of musky fishing, when you start seeing people catching tons of fish, whether, you know, say it's uh, – somebody as good as Kevin Goldberg or say it's Donnie Swank or say it's Muddy Creek Fishing Guides and you're here trying to catch your first musky. I'm in with some big names. I'm just saying (laughs) like you're seeing all of this stuff. How do you as a new musky fisherman deal with the mental aspect of seeing everybody else on social media catching fish and you're not? How do you handle that? Mm. Swank, go ahead. All right. The first thing, and it can be hard, but you have to realize that, you know, again, it, I, I guess it just kind of really comes back to self-awareness. You have oh. to have the understanding that you don't have the knowledge or the skill level that these people do. And Maybe by all rights, you shouldn't be catching as many fish as they are. I mean, the reality is if you were uh it would be the musky gods not really being fair to those that have put their time in, right? You know, uh, if you really want to look at it that way, but people don't, people don't take that into regards. Like, the, I guess that that mindset just isn't there because you don't know it yet. But like, you know, these people have been out and got their asses kicked too. You know, you just don't see those days on Facebook. You don't see that on Instagram. But the, you know, they. It doesn't matter how good you are. Everybody gets humbled by these fish. And until you start booking like trips with guides or you get connected with people, other people that really do it a lot, you might not fully understand that. But, you know, I've been on multiple trips, guided trips where I paid, you know, a significant amount of money to fish with people that were professionals on their bodies of water. And we didn't catch a goddamn thing. Like there's no guarantees whether you just started or you've been doing it for 20 years. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that's location too. You're see, like you go on Instagram and you look at the musky hashtag, you're seeing these big, beautiful pictures of musky. Maybe you're living in like, like us take Pittsburgh PA, for example, like, yeah, we have some fish around here. We have a lot of fish, but you might be looking at pictures from some dude that's living like, we'll take Glenn McDonald, for example living in the heart of musky like country just as good as it gets like anything he wants to fish for around him you can't beat yourself down because you're living in little old pittsburgh with like such a low density population maybe you have a couple in the rivers around you or some stalker lakes near you like you're, you're comparing like apples to oranges there and it's like mm-hmm. but people yeah you just don't like if you're fishing in the swamps yeah fishing in the swamps comparing what you catch to like guys offshore fishing it's like Mm -hmm. it's two different things you can't can't beat yourself down one of my first guided trips i'm gonna put it out there i was i went with 
Todd Young and Muddy Creek Fishing Guys, the Pomatuning Lake. I was, even though I'd only caught one other muskie in my life before that, I was very confident I was going to catch a fish that day because I was going with Todd Young of Muddy Creek Fishing Guides to Pima Tuning Lake. I paid 350 bucks or whatever it was, and I'm going to go catch a muskie today. I'm going to have a picture to show my friends, and this is going to be awesome. And we went out, and we casted, and we casted, and we trolled, and nothing happened. Nothing. Never saw a fish, never had a rip. All I got was a Muddy Creek Fishing Guides hat to show for it. But the truth is, it's probably one of the best things that could have happened to me. Because right out of the gate, you see a guy who's been doing this for whatever, however many years. I don't even know. Still happens. And and watch him just sit there and look dumbfounded by these fish. The same way I was. And I'd only been doing it for a year. You know? mm-hmm. So, Owen, did you have... Do you have anything to weigh in on that one? Because I got another. I got like two or three more of these. What What was the official question there? Just the question is, you know, like how starting out as a, I guess, getting into musky fishing, how do you deal with seeing everybody else on social media, guys around you catching fish and you're not? That's a great question for me because I'm the guy that catches the least amount of fish. You know, like, so I'm all, everyone I'm watching on social media all the people that I'm, you know, following and, you know, keeping an eye on there, everyone's catching fish. And I'm, I, I didn't, I, I didn't catch shit. So it's tough. I mean, it's, but again, if you have a little bit of self-awareness, you start to realize like, Hey, I only fished X amount of hours. You know, I, I barely fished at all. You put it in perspective. Yes. I got skunked on my big trip. And so that, you know, when I look at my year's production over the last, five, six years, you know, 75% of that production has been when I go to Lake Nipissing because that's 75% of the hours that I get to fish. You know what I mean? It's, you know, it's all proportionate. So when you get skunked in that big 75 hour, you know, 75% area, it's, you know, it's, it's easy to like get real jealous of other people, you know, and be like, holy shit, man, I didn't get anything locally. I didn't get anything up there. Boy, like, why am I spending all this time doing this? Why, you know, why am I spending all this money? Why do I talk about muskies once a week with my buddies when I can't catch them? You know, it's like, (laughs) it's, uh, but I think that's kind of the definition of why we do it. I I just love it. I love Mm -hmm. it. I I caught one muskie this year. And that's the thing too. I was saying like, location is a big thing in that but like time is a big part of that too like you're on instagram we'll use owen for example he's the sad lonely guy that catches one muskie a year crying scrolling through instagram on his couch and you're looking at pictures of guys that are out there every fucking day of course every day like put get that you got to like understand that like and now owen imagine if you went out five days a week like nine to five you probably would have caught maybe like at least a couple more muskie on canadota i'd say a couple yes but no i i totally agree and and that's all about perspective and again that goes to what donnie was talking about is awareness Mm -hmm. part of awareness is having perspective Mm -hmm. it's saying you know i can't expect to catch a hundred muskies if i go out once a week yes i can't get on patterns i'm like literally two hours a week yeah maybe two hours a week so yeah i mean you put it in perspective and honestly when I put it, when I think of it like that, I'm just happy to be able to get on the water, you know, 
and to have a hobby that I enjoy mm-hmm. getting getting out there to do, whether it's successful or not, I still enjoy. I'd much rather be out on the gym boat catching no fish. You know, I'd, I'd yeah. just where I'd rather be. Yeah. So I think I think we covered that one very well, in my opinion, because all of the things that you guys said that essentially helped me years ago when I was going through that. And I feel like that's the that's the sort of thing that could help somebody getting into this, trying to manage expectations, you know, when they're out there learning how to musky fish. But Owen, you kind of alluded to my second question here. Okay. How does somebody deal with the mental aspect of the amount of money that one has to spend in order to get into musky fishing and or continue to be effective musky fishing? And before we before you guys answer this for me, one of the struggles that I had was bait selection, right? You feel like you have to buy every single bait on the market. <clears throat> You see all these guys catching fish on bakers and you guys see all these fish guys catching fish on, you know, DKs and everything else. Like it makes you feel like you need those things to be effective on the water. So how do we handle this? Tom is like reaching through the ceiling. Yeah, I'm over doing there. the classroom thing, like Tom, trying Tom. to catch the teacher's attention. How do you, Tom, Tom, how do you start us off? How do you feel? that people need to deal with the mental aspect of the amount of money that one would need to spend okay. to get into musky fishing. So I was, I said this earlier when we were talking about, if you're looking at that Dunning, we'll go back to the Dunning Kruger graph. I'll keep being annoying. When you're starting to fall into that pit where you're like, I am never going to learn this, you know, like you, 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 you had your confidence peak that you were never going to get to again. And you start falling off into that pit. Where you're realizing, holy shit, there are a million kinds of musky lures. I need one of each and I need them in every color. And you don't. You like I'm thinking a local guy. I'm thinking of this one old guy around here. I don't even know his last name. His first name is Scott. And this guy probably has like five hundred dollars invested into musky fishing over the course of like thirty years. And he catches musky. Like he isn't oh, he doesn't play into that game of oh there's this new bait you know i need this new bait to catch a muskie like he, he didn't like then that's kind of a part of that curve where you're like you're you're falling off into that oblivion of muskie fishing where you're like oh i'm never gonna learn this before that upswing where you're starting to offload those lures you're like i'm thin in the herd i don't need these fucking lures i got i gotta look at look at my wall i got a billion i don't need all those like and that might not happen for everybody, but that's like a good example. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to be expensive, I don't think. Owen, Donnie, anything to add there? <laughs> You're Donnie, on mute, Owen. Yep. I'll say it's hard. Um, I've spent a lot of money in terms of, you know, not not just, just you know, <clears throat> not just, I don't have an expensive boat. Just rods, all that stuff. That's all given. You know, that, that. But then you factor in taking weeks off of work and, you know, the investment in in trying to really chase this fish in the sense that I'm going to spend what it would cost to rent a beach house, you know, <laughs> to, to rent a cottage in Canada to 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 chase this muskies. You know, it's like, yeah, you begin to think to yourself, you're fucking insane, Owen. Like, what are you doing? 
you know, and then you come out of that totally empty handed and you drive back 10 plus hours licking your wounds like, you know, all, minus a lot of hard earned American dollars, you know, that that are that are now not not yours. <laughs> neither is a musky. Neither is anything to not even a picture of a musky. No gripping um, grin. Dude, it's it's not it's not something that's to be taken lightly. I mean, I but it is something that if you feel that strongly about it, you're going to do it. I used to piss away a shitload of money as a member of a, at a country club. Like you want to talk about pissing money like into <laughs> the wind, you know, like so I get it. Like, you know, if you want to do something that you really enjoy, sometimes you got to spend some money to do it, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I mean, there's, there are times where it's like, I, there are better ways that I could spend this money, Owen. <laughs> right. It's valid. Yes. And especially with three kids and, you know, uh, let, let's okay. Uh, I'm gonna. I look behind me like I'm like one of my kids is gonna come in here. Like I don't go on my family beach vacation. I don't. I go to Canada, mm. so it's not like a situation where I do both. I don't do the family beach vacation. I stay home and work, but I choose to go and spend my week. So a lot of people might wonder how I'm still fucking married. Um, at that point, which which another podcast, yeah, a whole nother podcast, yeah, but but you know, that week in Canada, just chasing these stupid fish means that much to me that you know, I'll I will always do it, you know. So, whether whether so, I I don't know whether that answers the question or not because I bitch about spending how much about bitch about how much money I spend doing it, but that I would do it still every year without question. So what does that call? What what does that make me like a moron? Well, you're dealing with it. So I don't know that you're, you're a moron. I mean, I don't know. I'm talking about it. I'm not sure. Is acknowledging the problem. Yeah. I'm not sure how much advice we got there, but it was a good perspective. (laughs) Swinky. What are you thinking with this one? So, I mean, when it comes to the lures, I mean, I'll be the first one to admit I have way more lures than I need. But especially when I was we all new, do. I feel like I was pretty good about not falling into that that mindset of like I need I need all of these different things and I have to have this and I have to have that and I gotta have the the high end lures to catch fish. I kinda looked around and, and I mean if you if you pay attention to what's going on around you and you talk to people or you follow social media or anything at all, again, in today's world, like you can kind of look and see that everybody's catching fish on everything, right? You know, you got guys that are boss shag guys. You got guys that are baker guys. You got guys that are suet guys. You got guys that are bucktail guys that, you know, like it really, and I, I was able to kind of hone in on that. I feel like pretty early, and just be like that, you know. These baits work. It's me. I need <laughs> to learn how to use them, right? Like I'm, like I know these fishing lures catch muskies. People do it. I know people do it, so I should be able to do it. And I got to figure <laughs> out how. Uh, so, you know. But then there is also the aspect of, 
you know, it's fun to buy fishing lures. I think if you're, uh, oh yeah, it's you're a collector lure, thing, that's part of it. I don't know if it's just because we don't get enough time to fish, so it's like an outlet in a way to get on Team Rhino and scroll while you're sitting on the crapper mm-hmm. and fill up a cart. And next thing you know, I, I just like looking at my wall of baits behind right. me, and I the ones that I never use, you know, <laughs> but. It, you know, so uh, you know, over time, I have I feel like that's one that I've probably fallen into more as I've progressed into musky fishing, which you know you would think it would probably be the opposite for a lot of people, but like as I've gotten more into it, it becomes like a challenge in ways that I'm like, okay, now I want to catch one on one of these mm-hmm. lures because I know other people have. Or whatever. So now I'm going to go buy some bakers because I just want to run a baker and see what it's about. Or even though I've been catching them on boss shads for how many years or or whatever, it's like this challenge to to do it a different way. Uh, And that's how I've ended up with so many more lures. Yeah, that's like an important thing though. Like Ryan was, he said, "Do you need to do it?" And I think an important part of that whole thing is that we just we don't need to. We just kind of want to. Right. It's like a That's it's like mean. fun. It's pretty lures. Ooh, yay! Like it's, it, we don't need. Like I, I think back to when I first started musky fishing. I still remember my box. I had one of those Plano boxes that we now have like seventy five of stacked like twenty feet high. I had one of them. I had a top operator, a baby girl, a suic, a flat stick, and a, a bulldog. And like looking back, like I had my bases covered. Like really, like if you send me to any lake that has a muskie with that box, like I might not knock, I might not knock them out and have like a lights out day, but like I could probably catch a muskie with those baits anywhere a muskie lives. And from then, it's just like I want another color. Like I think it's gonna work better. I, I want another lure. I want this new bait. Like I want more of them. It's it's a, it's a one. I think I think early on in the podcast history, didn't we do an episode just kind of like the the absolute basics? Like what do you need? You need a mm-hmm. bucktail. You need a crankbait. You need mm-hmm. a topwater. But if you cover those, like I think there were like five or six, you know, categories. But if you if you really cover those those categories, you can catch muskies just about anywhere. Something that gets down and something that stays up. So look, something, something kind of in the middle. <laughs> get, gets down, gets something that stays up. So thinking through this, the mental aspect of, of spending money to get into the sport, right? Like it's important for people to understand that there are certain things that you need to spend the money on, like release tools. Yeah, like spend Net. your money on release yes. tools. Like get good release tools. Go and those are sunglasses. things that will last forever. And say, so, you know, I don't want to say forever, but you know, you're you're get a good bump board, get good release tools. You know, these are things that you put in your boat, and you will have them so forever. There are things that you know going into this, and you have to understand, and you have to like collectively reset your brain when you're getting frustrated with thinking about spending all this money. There are things that you know you're going to need that are important. You spend the money on those. And then you think through all of the things that you guys said about bait selection and whatever else. You know, there are certain things that you can spend money on. There are certain things that you don't need to spend money on. You know, you just, it's one of those things where dealing with the mental side of this can be very difficult and challenging for people getting into the sport. But kind of resetting and thinking through things like you can do this without spending 
thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars if you're putting the money into the right areas like your release tools your leaders getting a proper rod to match what you're doing you don't want to throw one of owen's double tens on the ugly stick <laughs> with 20 pound braid right you want to spend the right. money you're not going to have success like you can't do things like that and expect to have mm. success so there's a stress that goes there that's why i wanted to ask because that's a stressful thing for people when they're breaking into the sport and even sometimes like maintaining that gear and whatever else, like trying to keep up with the Joneses, it adds stress and it makes you feel like you need these things, but you really don't. So my next question, like the mental aspect of this, and Owen, you brought this up too already. One of my questions for you guys is how do people, what's our advice or what, what do you think, like how people deal with the physical aspect of musky fishing? Because when you get out on the water for 12 hours, and if you're like Tom and you're casting for 12 hours, you're not like me sitting in a seat, trolling around, eating <laughs> chips, drinking beers. like Scratching your butt. You know, like Owen, you talked about this, that sustaining that and, and protecting, almost protecting your body. If you're going for 10 days to fish, how do we, how do you deal with the mental side of the physical side of musky fishing? Who wants who wants to go first? I mean, I'll take I'll take a little stab at it. Because I don't I'm not I'm not invincible. I hurt too. It's like one of the one of those emo songs. I hurt too, Ryan. It's like but you gotta like none of us are workout guys. Okay. None of us are are like none of us lift weights every day. Right. Nobody none of us lift weights every day. (laughs) Right. And you can tell, I mean, that's why we are called the musky hunks, guys. Come on. Yeah, but but like so you I just like when I get sore, like I have the shoulder. I've showed you my gross shoulder that looks like I need to go to like the emergency room immediately. Like it hurts. It hurts all the time. But like when you're fishing, like especially on a trip like Owen goes on, like I go to Deep Creek every year and this hurts like a bitch. Like every morning I wake up and like I make Kayla rub it like a little girl and I cry about it all day how bad it hurts. But like you just have to remind yourself like you're fishing. Just like stick it out like a little bit longer and then like go cry about it. You know what I mean? Like, don't, don't think about it while you're fishing. Like, it, it, if it's, like, that bad, maybe it's a fucking medical emergency. But, like, if you can stick it out, just stick it out a little bit and then go home and load up on Advil. And I mean, isn't this what kind of where the whole grinder work yeah, grind idea it out. comes Grinding from? Grinding it out. Know? Because I mean, there, there is a physical aspect to it, right? I mean, it, it, it's not easy to do but we enjoy it for whatever reason. And that's why we don't like to call it work. But I mean, the truth is there's certain, there's days when I'm on the water where I am working harder than I probably am at work, especially from a physical standpoint today. Uh, I mean, shit, you guys know in in 2020, I fished a lot. I was, I was lucky (laughs) to be able to do that, but I'm not going to lie. By the end of that year, I'm pretty sure I haven't got it checked out, but I feel fairly confident that I tore my rotator cuff. I feel pretty confident that I gave myself a good, good uh, bout of tennis elbow. Uh, and I mean, it, it hurts. My shoulder still hurts. I'm setting on, uh, setting a pounder into a uh, stump on the uh, on the river. Set the hook into that, and and it doesn't budge. And and my shoulder hasn't been the same since. And that, you know, it's the truth, but. Uh, I, I troll a little more now than I used to, but I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's 
I guess you just have to remember why you're doing it. And, and for whatever reason, we enjoy it. So we put our bodies through it. But it, it does suck at times. I mean, it's just just part of it. If you're yeah. good, if you're going to do a long trip, like if you're going to do a five. I mean, honestly, if you're going to do three days, three days of real deal casting. You would do not want to do that without. I don't want to say practicing like, but you don't want to just like go on a trip and not have it have casted double tens or anything, mm. you know, <clears throat> over the last three month period, like you're going to hurt. Your, you know, I don't want to say hurt mm -hmm. yourself. You're not going to hurt yourself necessarily. You're going to be miserable. Okay. Cause I don't care who you are. Like if you're not used to using those muscles, you're going to be mm -hmm. sore. And there are parts of your body that are going to be sore after casting double tens and just reeling, you know, you know, just your wrists from, mm -hmm. from just, just the pressure of holding the, the rod while you're re reeling these big double tens in. It's like, you're going to be miserable if you don't take the steps to, and then day two is going to be, Ooh, well, I mean, <laughs> after I, you can ruin a trip. I mean, yeah. you can ruin mm -hmm. several days of a trip by you not being shock your muscles all that for the lactic first couple, acid for the first couple days. Yeah. So be realistic. I mean, and, and another thing, Nick and I, Nick's not with us here tonight, but Nick and I, we're pretty realistic about our days out there. We plan them. You know, we know that we are not going to be able to cast from morning until night. Like we're going to cast for several hours and we'll troll for a little bit. Then we'll cast, then we'll troll. Then we'll go in and eat lunch and then we'll head out and cast. You know, you kind of, if you learn to pace yourself, mm -hmm. it's different. But again, that all comes with experience and you can only get experience by what? going out and doing it so i guess that's just get out and book a trip like that you know and, and just try it man and i'll say i've never gone on the seven day musky grinder but you guys remember we would do our we didn't this year but would do the seven day uh salmon grinder and that was not I all that was a real grind listen it yeah. was not all unicorn for so i'll take you briefly take you through it you're up at 2.30 in the morning, you're standing in cold Lake Ontario water until 8 in the morning, till you're allowed to fish. Yeah. yeah. Fishing all day, fighting King Salmon, you're tired. Like the bottom line, whether you like it or hate it, you're tired at the end of the day. And the important important thing for me, like I would always, like halfway through the trip, like... You have you know, some like, gold Polish guy to give you some rub and tug yeah, on the rubs, side, of the, bank, rubs. side, side yep. of the bank. $5 back rubs, rub and tug. <laughs> No, so like as a total dirtbag day. Don't don't feel bad taking a day. Like everybody was so gung ho every night. Go to the bar, stay as late as you could, get fucked up, and then you're up at two thirty three in the morning, right back at it. And I you have that, to you have to take a day child, to like childish shit. There. Yeah, that's yeah. Way past those but but, but even to to let to a lesser extent, you have to take a day. Take a day to recover. Whether say your Sunday to Sunday, okay. Take a Wednesday get off the water early sleep for 12 to 13 hours that's going to do your body so you're going to wake up feeling like a new person well, let, like, me, let me just say th this like the whole you know out until x amount of t 2 a.m that doesn't happen when i go on a trip <laughs> because it's i'm too old because he's like, laser I'm, loop age uh, yeah i i remember when the laser loop actually had an entrance underneath it guys come on <laughs> he was asleep i remember we went to the hotel for musky max he was out by nine yeah, I know. Like, like we're at the age where when we're going on one of these trips, we're going to fish. Like, if I was just wanting right. to get fucked yeah, but part up, of it's the camaraderie and the fun. Oh, no, after and, and the camaraderie is when we come in, 
and I rent like a to cottage cook. to get fucked up. I'm, I'm I like to cook a big steak. Old. Drink some beers. Well, maybe not you know, even getting fucked smoke up. Smoke some joints. Sometimes you know. it'll go to midnight. Just people sitting. They'll go to dinner and you'll just sit around telling fish stories till you know eleven o'clock. Yeah. And eleven o'clock's late when you're up at two thirty three. So you have to. See, no matter well, uh, what getting, your schedule okay. is, no matter what but, your schedule is, you have to take that like. Day why of would rest anybody get up at two thirty or three? Fish. If you're hardcore, you have to get to a spot. You could go into this, Owen. You have to get to your spot, or someone else is going to get it. This like, is... I'm not going into that now, Dunning Kruger boy. But I don't want to. I don't want to get like, into the weeds on this. Yeah. This is fair. This is a fair assessment, though. You have to rest. That's it. Like again, yeah. look at they. Oh, all certainly. Of guys, all of you guys, and sometimes, you know, I'll speak for myself. Sometimes you go out on these trips and you lose track of that uh-huh. because all you want to do. Fish, you drive fish, fish. I'll give you guys one example. I'm not going to harp on this too much, but so this goes back to my pre-diabetes days. Okay. I, Dan and I were getting ready to leave for Canada. I ended up with Lyme's disease. They did not give me enough medication to deal with that. I left for Canada for 10 days. The first couple of days I was still miserably sick. The first couple of days I was taking an antibiotic that you should not take while you're in the sun. Okay. First day we get there, we're on the water for the tail of the, you know, the first day, a couple hours, whatever. The next morning I wake up and I realize my hands are three times the size that they should be because the antibiotic I'm on caused me to get severe. Some big paws. Big paws. Jesus. Okay. Not only that, but my face, my neck, my ears, everything was so sunburned and swollen. And I had literally 10 days of pike fishing to go through to deal with this. Holy shit. So I was in pain, dude. Like you guys, we'll, when we get Dan on to talk about some of these trips, we'll get into this, but I was in pain. Like I had to, in order for me to continue to fish, I had to keep dunking my hands into the cold river because they were burning so bad because of the sunburn and this animal. And, and you, Kayla's you continued. There. And I continued to fish. And I can tell you guys, when I got home from that trip, I didn't even look like the same person. My wife barely recognized me because my I was was sunburned so bad. Like my lips and my face was so deteriorated from being in the sun on this antibiotic. It it was so it was so disgusting. Like I literally got home and I looked like a swollen mess. I just I just texted Caleb Happy because she went, through the, she went through the exact same thing you did in Deep Creek. I actually had to take her to the tackle shop to buy her sun gloves because she mm-hmm. got Lyme disease, was taking an antibiotic, got sunburnt, and her hands looked like little freaking like snowman, like yeah. puffy glove. Like, yeah. So she had to you, wear sun gloves you, you, the whole trip. You, you kept dragging her out on the boat. So we're getting amateurs. up at six to go bluegill but, fishing. But here's Kayla. the deal, though. When you're, when you're like 25, you think like, wow, I got this. Like, it doesn't matter. It's fine. You know, now that I'm 36, there's a whole, it's a whole world of difference. I actually pay attention to my body now, but what I'm, what I'm getting at is like, people make that mistake a lot. Like you can beat your body up and you can basically run yourself into the ground, musky fishing, and you lose sight of that because you go on these trips or you get, whether, whether you're going to Pyme or you're going to Arthur, wherever you're going, like, or you're going to Canada on a 10 day trip, like. We don't always think about taking care of ourselves, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it affects, it affects you to the point where you're not fishing efficiently and or you know, effectively. 
that's when I like to go troll for a while to be a lazy asshole and just sit on my butt and do nothing, you know? There you go. Eat some chips. Eat some, eat some cheese charcuterie boards food. and grill some yeah. sausages and re relax those muscles a little bit. Okay, so Get I have a back one, rub. one more mental aspect of this, and then I'll shut up and let you guys steer the conversation. But one of the challenges I had through my first five years was the mental breakdown every time I lost a fish. And keep in mind... I went 0 for 11 on my first 11 muskies. Okay. Now, I made every mistake in the book. Not sharpening hooks. You know, not keeping pressure on the fish. Not paying attention to whatever else that would cause you to lose a muskie. Okay. And sometimes it just happens. But how do you deal, as a new muskie fisherman, how do you deal with the mental attack that is <clears throat> losing a fish or consistently losing fish. I, when I started out, I went on a heater right off. The, I didn't have that. I went on a heater. I think maybe that's why that happened for me where right off the bat, I got so cocky. I think like the first, like granted, I didn't get a picture of my first one. It got away right before a picture, but I think I caught like the first like dozen fish that I hooked. So I was like, Oh my God, I'm the king of this shit. And then it hit like, I'm not always going to catch this fish. And I think that's just part of it. You're not, it's, it's gambling. You're not always going to catch them. You go trout fishing and catch, I'll bring up trout again. You catch 200 trout in a day. You're not going to catch them all. You're going to miss a couple. Muskie's the same. You're just seeing like a lower volume, you know, roll a dice five times. It's like, take your chances. You can prepare yourself, but it's, it's still just a numbers game at that point. So, I mean, I, I was similar to Tom in that I will say <clears throat> I was lucky enough that uh, I didn't lose a fish for, I, I don't remember how many I caught, but I, I did pretty well. Of, I, I didn't catch a lot of fish when I first started, but the ones I hooked, I did land yeah. and I had a pretty good streak going with that for a while before I lost my first fish. So it didn't really <clears throat> phase me all that much, but with anything, you know, We've talked about it throughout this podcast. The longer you do this, no matter how good you are, no matter what, you go through down stretches. You go through phases where you lose a number of fish in a row. Uh, I had it happen. I think it was last year when I was getting into last fall. I went on a good – wasn't that when I had you out, Brian, too? You caught that one. Uh, on a sucker and i lost one that day i was on a heater of you whiffed one like on the slow fish in a row over um, over a, a month period i was just i couldn't keep a fish hook to save my life and it, it you know you do you start to question everything that you're doing you get down on yourself again you you get you start thinking you know you're doing something wrong or what the heck's going on but it, sometimes it's just it's just the way that it goes you know it's it it's all part of it. And again, it's just having that awareness. I'm just going to keep saying it because I think that's really what it all comes down to that no matter how long you do this, no matter who you are, everybody's going to go through it. And some people might be better at it because they've already dealt with it. So they know a way to, you know, better their odds the next time of, of landing a fish in a scenario or whatever it may be, but you know, it comes from experience and it comes from doing it. 
I agree with yep. that completely. What about you, Ryan? You haven't answered. You've been asking <laughs> them. You haven't answered them. I haven't been answering them. I mean, so the thing, the thing for me when it comes to musky fishing in general, like the one thing that I've learned is a lot of what you guys are saying with perspective and, you know, also, you know, keeping yourself, I guess, in line with where you're at, you know, whether that is like, I've been doing this for five years, six years, seven years, you know, like I've really only been like focused on muskies since 2019. That's not a very large body of work by any means. So I guess keeping it into perspective, like any failures I have, and this goes to anything in life, like anytime I fail, whether it's at work, whether it's at home, you know, like everybody knows, like we're not perfect human beings. Like we're going to, we're going to fail, but you always like take the time to like learn from your failures, learn from your mistakes and just stay focused on like, you know, what can I do better in this scenario? And if the answer is nothing, you just have to like, let that be the answer and not continuously beat yourself into the ground because dude, sometimes you're going to set the hook and that fish is just not going to get pinned for whatever reason. And you can't let that, you know, destroy your mental awareness and, and really just run yourself into the ground thinking you suck as a fisherman mm -hmm. because Lord knows that's easy to do when you're out there chasing fish. And it's really easy to, you know, like play Monday morning quarterback and try to go through all of this stuff because sometimes it's like you get one crack right? You might get mm -hmm. one crack at a fish. And if you fail, like it's easy to second guess, but you know, I don't Donnie, go ahead. Go ahead, Donnie. I got an uh, example uh, on something kind of similar to this. Uh, I know when we talked about like when I was out with Vance earlier this year, my dad caught big fish. Uh, Kellen was out there. And I know when we had Kellen on the episode, we talked about this a little bit, but he just said in a joking manner, how uh, I lost to my, my, you know, my dad caught one. Kellen was up next. He caught one. I was up. We're all trolling. I've caught a, a number of fish trolling. You know, I know how to, re, uh, you know, I know how to catch fish trolling. I'm not saying I'm a pro, but I know what I'm doing. Uh, but I'm up. Raw goes off. I lose a fish. What the hell? I'm up again. Raw goes off. As soon as I get the rod, I lose the fish. I'm immediately like getting on myself and I'm turning to Vance and I'm like, um, what am I doing wrong? You know, what, why is this happening? Because I'm expecting him to have some answer that because he does it more than me, that is going to be some enlightening moment. And, you know, he comes back with it, you know, you're not doing anything wrong. It's just, they're just coming off. Like it, it just happens. And then an hour later it goes off again. And this time fish hits the bag and I didn't do anything differently. You know, I did the exact same thing three times in a row. Third time's a charm. I land the fish. It's a beautiful 44, 45 inch fish, but it's just like, you know, it can, it can wear you down mentally. <laughs> it can, because, you know, you want there to be an answer. Uh, well, and sometimes there just isn't. I think there's a difference though, between trolling and casting in that, like trolling, you don't know how that fish has hit that bait. In what way did it just nip at it? Was it following it forever? Did it try to T-bone it and get, you know, the fat body in its mouth and not get any hooks in its mouth? Like there's a 
you can guess all day long on why a fish would come off trolling where at least with boat side muskies that will you get a little bite, feedback a little bit yeah. a little bit you get some understanding you you can tell okay it only nipped the back of the bucktail so i can i know that it didn't get a lot of the hooks like i can see why that might have happened or i didn't set the hook the right way you know i didn't i didn't set the hook back into the fi- the fish's face i pull i was pulling the bait away from the fish uh, you know where trolling you don't get to tell so when you pick that rod up you're you know you're guessing on how that bait is orientated in the in the fish's mouth and it could be good for you it could be bad for you so I think Vance is right in that, you know, uh, what are you going to do on a trolling fish? Like how on earth can you really improve your hooking percentage when what you're doing is picking up a rod? And if, you're keeping the pre- if you're keeping the pressure on it, I mean, obviously there are ways to completely dump it, you know, with a trolling fish. Everyone's seen someone pick it up and l- l- put slack on it, but I mean, you can't really say, oh, I lost the fish or it was my fault that that a trolling fish got off where you can sometimes say that with a casting fish, if that makes any sense. No, I think that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, you guys are talking about the feedback and paying attention to details on what what's happening while you're casting, you know, both side strikes, things like that. I think the point's valid where you're trolling. You really just don't know. But, you know, regardless of what it is, like, it could still affect you mentally, mm-hmm. you know, and I think but the with, biggest with thing casting, is- you also have the aspect of, you know, of seeing fish that are not biting. So are you doing something wrong mm-hmm. when you're getting follows, but you're not getting any takers, whereas trolling, you might be getting those followers, but you're not seeing it. So you may mm-hmm. kind of it's, the, it's there's a, a double edged sword there. Like, you know, it's good to see fish. It's good to know that you're you're making fish move, but damn, it can be really frustrating. Unless you're using, when, unless you're using 360 scope and you know everything that's happening, just put that asterisk there. But even then, let's let's say, let's say you had, did have 360 and you saw the fish and you still couldn't make them move. Yeah, I mean, I it's still frustrating as shit. I'm telling I'm you, sometimes that's worse. Whether yeah. it's live yeah. scope or whether it's follows, whatever it is, like uh, I think there's an element to if you're not seeing fish, you can kind of just it you know tell yourself okay they you know they weren't there i was in the wrong place or whatever so you can make yourself feel better about not catching them but when mm-hmm. you are looking you know when you're look see, flat out see these fish on a live scope or you're getting follows left and right and you're not catching them it can beat you up mentally because mm-hmm. you start to think okay like these fish are here I, at least I know me. I, I think okay, these fish are here. I'm using lures that catch fish. Other people catch fish on these lures, like I said earlier in this podcast. So the only difference factor here is me. Why am I not catching these fish? Because you know, and and you start to beat yourself up, and you start right. to get down on yourself. But and that's I wish Nick were here because I would ask him, like you know, when we went to Nipissing and got skunked we we barely saw anything like we didn't get many follows anything i would like to ask him like would you rather have you know would you rather have seen a bunch of muskies and not caught any and just know that you were moving them and they're out there and you're in the right places or 
would you rather have what happened to us? And basically, you don't see any muskies. You know they're out there, but you're not seeing them. Go ahead. I would. T- I'm going to say, speaking for me, I, I prefer to not see them. I, really? I've been. See, to, I kind of. Yes, I've done man. both. I've gone to Minnesota twice and saw tons of fish that didn't eat. And I've gone to Nipissing and got my ass kicked and had one follow. <laughs> Nipissing hurt less than the drive home from Minnesota when I felt like I was on fish all week. That makes sense. Yeah. I couldn't get one to eat. Like it, that, that tormented me. See, I've never had that type of an experience where we're like, I've seen that many fish and good fish and just haven't been able to make, I can imagine that that would be when you're that would drive you crazy. You're getting them right up to the boat and you like, they're there and you're just like, like you were so close and you just couldn't get one to go. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm just speaking for personal experience and I'm going to say it, it is, it does beat you up mentally. And it, you know, sometimes you got to come home and like Owen said, you got to lick your wounds. You might have to, do whatever you got to do. Go out and go catch some trout with Tom to get your confidence back a little <laughs> That's bit. That's it. Rest those shoulders <laughs> a little bit, you know? Uh, take a little breather, and then you get back out there and you do it again. And the fucked up thing is the next time you go out, you might catch three fish in an hour. Mm-hmm. Like that's the way that it goes. And it goes back to the musky psychology that if you have the right attitude, you're going to go out there and you're going to realize that and you're not going to beat yourself up for mm-hmm not having caught something and you know then you give yourself that opportunity at that three hours where shit just goes absolutely bananas and you know you you get tons of contact with fish and i don't know man this there's a reason why we all do this there's a reason why we have a podcast to talk about this stuff because we're all addicted in in some some and i don't like the word addicted because that's not really it is kind of Nah, it's it's not an addiction. I mean, every one of us would be perfectly fine if if for some reason musky uh, fishing. I don't know. If, well, you, here, if you had to sell all your shit tomorrow, would yeah. you be all right? I would be a little rough. Me? Here's the deal with this one. Okay, you can say addiction. You can say whatever you want, but the fact of the matter is, for the four of us, regardless of what you guys feel about this, muskies are now a huge part of your lives. Okay, whether that means whether you like it or not, whether that means you're talking about it, talking about a muskie through the course of a day, at some point you're going to talk about a muskie on, you know, within 24 hours. I guarantee to you that the four of us at some point during a 24 hour day, you're going to talk about muskies, whether that's buying a bait, whether it's talking about electronics, whether it's us talking about where we're fishing on the weekend, like muskies are now a huge part of our lives. It's a good way to look at it. So if you're, you can call it an addiction, it, not necessarily that now. It's only an addiction if it affects your, uh, going back to psychology, if it affects those around you. But So yeah, just keep that in mind. Definitely an well, addiction then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have brought that up. Yeah. It affects your life and the lives of those around you. Listen, if you, if Owen is, if he's like, if he is completely missing family events on the weekend to go. Right. Right. Right, it's an addiction. You have to, you have to get out. Right. Or you're if not I'm missing my kids, right? If I'm missing my kids' birthdays because I'm, um, you know, fishing, that's a problem. Exactly. So, crap. I got an Epson update there. Like me Sorry. skipping my daughter's first birthday to go to the New York Muskie Expo. Exactly. That's that might be that's an some addiction. Good baits. You understand? 
but they're just like, speaking, of, there, speaking of the new york musky expo it's official i am not going to be able to be there to uh, uh lame. with the with the big o's bucktails booth i got i have a work conflict that is gonna keep me from from being able to make it to new york in in the middle of february and if it uh, uh yeah i got i kind of got screwed by a judge and i got a i got something i i have to do that monday morning that is very very unhappy it, nobody would want to do it so i that sucks i yeah. i probably so i i kind of reset on the show season thing i told you guys initially i wasn't doing any shows um I was talking to Deanna today and I was like, you know, maybe I should go to at least Ohio. Well, when is when is the Ohio show? I got to look. It's usually like usually February. I would say February ish. Because I swear every year it's in the middle of a snowstorm and I drive mm-hmm. down there and then have to go five mile an hour the whole way back. And it takes me 12 hours. Yeah. Since we have a couple other things to talk about, we'll wrap up the psych thing. I was going to say a good way to wrap up that side is that like. Whether you can see them, you can't see them, whether you're like a seasoned vet, a total idiot, anything, like it's way too complicated for us to like completely understand. So you could think you just have to be like Donnie kept saying, just self-awareness is the key there, I think. And anyone who says that they know everything is full of shit. And I think listen to them. I think the other part of this, too, is what Owen said. And that's that positive musky attitude. No matter what you're doing, you're going out on the water, you're going to cast for 12 hours, you're going to troll for 14 hours, you're going to go out for a half an hour, you know, in between taking the kids putt-putting up at Canandota or whatever you're doing. Like the biggest part of this is you cannot let these fish beat you mentally, right? You cannot you let yourself- embrace the grind. Yeah. And hurt boat crew too. Can't hurt boat crew, boat crew too. too. No matter what you're doing, you got to stay positive and you just got to do you and not get wrapped up in all of the crap that goes on in the musky world when it comes to magic baits and that thing. Find find your find your comfort level, find what you're comfortable with bait-wise, gear-wise as long as it's enough. Find your happy place. Exactly. And just stay positive. That's it. Don't let these fish mentally beat you into the ground. And if they do, just be <clears throat> self-aware of it. Know what's exactly. happening. There I think will be better days. I think that's good. So, Tom, you had a couple other things you wanted to talk about. Yeah. Instead of we, we spit a lot of heat. Ryan Reed spit spitting. a lot of heat so far. Spitting. So we'll, we'll lighten What's it up. Gonna, for spitting. This is way easier. We, we kind of like did like the boring sciencey stuff. Uh, what's on the Christmas list? Fishing related. Anything. Well, Tom, as we talked about before we started here, you're the only one with a Christmas list. So why don't you just go ahead and share? Well, did, did you ask We're anyone? Did anyone? You're the I only mean, child. These getting you GoPros and shit, and like, well, did, did anyone want it? Did anyone say Fish Finder? Or, you know, is anyone expecting some something from Santa? So all of my stuff's taking place in 2023. I'm just going to tell you guys that. I was looking at graphs today. I made my final decision on what graph I'm going to buy. And that was based off of several trips to several different stores. I went out of state several times to look at demo units like I did today. Even though I've spent enough time with all of you guys on your electronics. I I love how in-depth you are, Ryan. I wanted to do my my due diligence and make sure. Mm -hmm. So I know what graph I'm going to go with. That's going to happen next year. Are we going to drop it? You don't don't think it's going to be a Christmas present? No, it's not. It's not definitely uh, not going to be. And that's, you know what? It's, 
I'm I'm taking my time with this stuff because I've already spent so much money buying this boat and filling it with all the stuff that you need to have to mm -hmm. operate a boat. So I'm going to take a little break. Um, I was told today I'm not allowed to buy any lures right now, which <laughs> is hilarious because I've already talked to Leo about a small order. <laughs> so it's uh, stuff one you bait. need, right? One one bait, one bait. It's a it's a special one. So he only makes hogs like once or twice a year. So I wanted to get a, a hog if you guys know what that is. Um, but nothing here. Everything I'm going to do is in 2023. I don't have that What's much the, left. What's the hog? So it's a it's a jointed bait. I'd have to pull it up to okay. tell you guys how long it is. Um, hmm. Leo only makes like a couple of like he'll, he'll make like a run of like 10, eight or 10 or whatever it is. Like if he has an order, um, I'll tell you how long it is. Give Ryan me Reed just opened his up. internet and his face lit up like the girl from the ring. Well, the turned, thing of it he's is like glowing like Jesus now. Well, the, so the Leo hog it's jointed and it's 11 inches, 4.8 ounces, and it has six hooks on it. Um, basically, you know, if you think about this bait, it's a big fish bait. You know, it's it's meant to run a little bit deeper. So if you guys are interested in understanding what I'm what I'm looking at there, you got to go out to leolures.com and check out the Leo Hog. So I mean, I'm into some of the bigger baits at this point. I have so many Mojos and Magnums and and just Wileys out the wazzle that I wanted something a little different. Plus, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I needed I needed some needed more, I needed some more needed Le I needed Leo stickers. Needed them. So, I wanted to at least get one hog while he was making them. I, and, have, uh, I think I have a hog. So you could get a sticker? So I could get a couple stickers because I need them for the boat. I mean, you really uh, – don't get me wrong. I, I'm all about buying the Leo hog here. But you really don't think Leo would have sent you a sticker? Oh, he would have. He would have if I asked him. But this, is a, this is a smaller, that a is smaller a, one. That is a, that is a musky dog, I believe. Okay. See, yeah, so if you there. look at the site, he has – that might be a that might be a riffle runner. That's what I'm I guessing. I that's, never know which one's the bigger one. One's the, a riffle runner, and the musky dog is the one you're holding in your hand right now. That's a musky. Yeah, I got dog. a couple of those. Hmm. Okay, so the hog's 11 inches, and I just wanted a little bit bigger. Mm. I like the big stuff. I'm getting okay. Into yeah, I see stuff. the musky dog on the website. Yeah, yeah. So, but, but it's the same. It's the same like jointed. A metal build deal, right? Yeah, yeah, it's that's just a big long one. All right, I yeah, I know it. which one you're talking about. Um, and me and Jesse got one hit this year. Mm. We lost it though. We had one hit on on a board at a certain lake. You guys know I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Leos, but everything he does gets me excited. I mean, the jerk baits and stuff have that Ladiano like history. Like mm -hmm. Todd built that based off the the Ladiano bait, so I just. Dude, it's one of those things, like you said, he started, he only makes them like twice a year. So he, he was in the process of making them. And I will say this, you guys guess what pattern I got it in? $9 perch. $9 perch. Swank? Mm. Arthur perch. $9 perch. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> Did you I see how quick I was on that too? Different. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I had to go with that, but I have nothing else. So you guys go. Well, I'd be a dick if I asked for anything for Christmas because you guys know what I what happened. For yeah, my you birthday. already got a freaking Tarova. I should probably be mad if I didn't tell that story. I guess. Tell it. 
so I was uh, my my thirtieth in November. I was led to believe that we were going to Cabela's down in Wheeling to get a vest that she shipped to the store for her mom. She made up this big bullshit story like my mom really likes this vest and she can't get him anymore and I had to ship it up. Uh, me being stupid and just wanting to go to Cabela's, I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's, I'm thirty. Let's go. So we go to we go to Cabela's and I'm all yiked up to get in there and go on a little shopping spree and she's like okay first we gotta get my vest and I'm like okay whatever like I'm kind of like annoyed at this point because I'm like if you know the Cabela's and Wheeling the customer service desks like right adjacent to the fishing section so I'm within like arm's reach of fishing shit and I'm standing at the desk for what I think is a vest so I'm kind of getting like impatient and the guy's like okay you gotta go to the warehouse around back and we parked like the whole way in the back of the fucking parking lot and the Cabela's. And it's like, it took us like 10 minutes. I'm, I'm so mad. I'm like, okay, so we have to go to the warehouse before I can even shop. And I'm, I'm like kind of annoyed, but I'm like, whatever, we'll do it. We pull around to the warehouse and what's waiting there, but the Tarova that I wanted, not a vest, the 55 or 45 inch, 55 pound Tarova on a dolly with a little guy and a clipboard. I'm like, what did you do? Yeah, so that was my 30th birthday gift. So I didn't ask for anything for Christmas. I feel like that would make me an asshole. It probably would. Yeah. yeah. But that's exciting. It and was I, I know. the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that in all seriousness. <laughs> I'm, I'm ha- I think we're all happy for you to get it. Very happy for it's you, It's like a Tom. new child. Like, I'm not having kids, but the Tarova was the equivalent of me being birthed like a beautiful baby boy, healthy in the box with the iPilot remote and all. Wait until just, uh, just wait until you get it installed first, okay? Just like, Richland, just like a kid. Just like a kid. Just wait until you have kids. Wait till it grows up. The <laughs> trolling motor. Uh, Speaking of kids, my kids are like sending me text messages like, "Get, we're ready for bed, Dad." Uh, well, you're gonna drop off. We're gonna wrap this one up. Yeah, I need to get going too. Yeah. Oh. Oh, okay. I guess we're done then. It's only <laughs> right. a, it's only ten after eleven. Alrighty, Buzz Killingtons. I hear a baby crying upstairs, which means I'm probably going to be getting angry texts here very soon. Hmm. I'll enjoy that. We'll uh, we'll wrap <laughs> this one up. So I could tell you as far as uh, Christmas, my wife doesn't buy me fishing gear because I spend money on fishing gear all year round so she like takes a moral stance to not buy me fishing stuff for christmas uh however my mother-in-law usually asks me which what i want and i send her pictures of things on team rhino and she gets me exactly (laughs) that's awesome typically although she didn't ask me this year and i'm wondering if i still get gifts now that we have a daughter if that's Doubtful. just out the window harriet's <laughs> getting all the gifts Doubtful. she has bought me Leos, she's bought me bulldogs different things from team rhino over the years and it's usually always my mother-in-law because my wife won't do it because she watches me write the boat yeah and everything else uh that comes into this house and in my garage that's musculated and refuses to buy me anything she which I can't blame her because I don't spend my own money on anything that I actually need. I spend it all on fishing stuff. So somebody need, has to like buy me clothes and shoes and things like that. The we, need to do, we need to do a whole podcast on that because I'm in the same boat. Well, I think that's the adult way to do it, though. Rather than playing those little games around Christmas and being like, oh, I don't know what I want. You just say, I want the purple bulldog from Team Rhino. 
and that's what you get. You know, it's like an Amazon wish list. It's easy, cut, dry, bing, bang, boom, no games, no time wasted. There's nothing wrong with it. Maybe don't ask for a Tarova. Don't start with old, Tarova. Start with Bulldog. When you get to a certain age, you don't, like, get Christmas anything. gifts anymore. Nah. Not anything. Like, and, no, and I'm, I'm, I've, I've reached that point. Like, it's only in the last <clears throat> couple of years, really. Like, it's not, I've not always been like this, but it's like the last couple of years, man, probably since I turned 40, I'm 45. Like, it's, man, so you're also I haven't grumpy. gotten, I haven't gotten shit. Like, <laughs> not even a pair of not a pack of underwear. There's well, I, mean, I tell my parents, I tell my mom, I'm like, I don't want my mom buying me stuff. I don't need anything. Like, like, don't buy me. You know, I, so my wife and I don't buy each other anything because we have three kids <laughs> that we, constantly have to deal with and you know neither one of us are very materialistic in the sense that she's not like the woman who if i don't buy her a diamond earring she's pissed like she's gonna no like she'd rather big she'd rather she'd rather us do a project at the lake you know like a a big project that she wants done at the lake than than get something fancy for christmas so uh, i'm lucky in that sense so it, oh, but also what comes with that is that you don't get presents, you know, so well, buy her whatever take the good with the bad, buy her what every woman truly wants a pair of new nip X. Agreed. Spring load. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I have Victor five things. Net. I have five things left for the boat. That's it. And I'm ready to fish next year. Five packs yeah. of Johnson fills. Mm-hmm. Let's hear them. Well, the next, the next nice day, Ryan, I'm I'm coming out and we're gonna do the do the trolling motor. Yeah, it's it's gonna is be it, tough. Is it tough? Is it like buried right now? No, it's easy. The tent, it's what I got set up here. It's easy to work on. We'll be super. Okay. And it if you're in the tent, it's not. It's like actually warmer in there than it is outside. Yeah. I think it's because the sun hits it. But I don't know. I gotta get I gotta get my electronics with and all the stuff associated to that. That's one line item. Uh, I gotta get. Which I've already talked to Andy at Fat AZ. I got my rod holder order in for Musky Max. So I got to get my rod holders. I, I need an actual musky net now. Go mm. figure. And I've got the nah. uh, I got the Boga order from Leo. I'm super yep. excited about getting all the essentials. And then I have a small line, a small line item for leaders and Steve Gold. Did so. you win that aluminum fish bat from Mac Discount? Yeah, Dude, Billy Club. No, but I looked at I was gonna send you guys a picture. I was at Bass Pro today, and they have Billy Clubs in stock. Like a lot of them. They had like 15 of them in stock. Did you look at the dimensions on the Mac bid one? That thing was like a T ball bat. That was no fish club. That thing was like 25 inches long. Oh. It could take out like a tuna. For the big ones. Uh-huh. That's swinging for the fences with that one. That was when we were uh, younger. We used to do a walleye trip every year. Uh, we would go out of uh, Port Clinton with a guy named uh, Pat Armor. Uh, he was old then, so I don't know if he's still doing charters or not. But I bet Gordon knows him. What it is, but we would just drag worm harnesses, and we used to catch a ton of fish. But that was always my favorite part. Is he, I, he used to whack those walleyes over the head with this nasty ass old broom handle that he had on his boat. <laughs> <laughs> just crack them. <laughs> mm. Nice set of loins. Better than a gun. Yeah. <laughs> True. A little more discreet. I swear he got like 
you know, he he enjoyed it a little too much. Like I can... <laughs> the executioner, like Donnie at Mac. <laughs> right after I bonk you on the head. The Grim Reaper. The Grim Reaper, just like <laughs> Donnie at work. Firing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Only the ones that deserve it. Oh. All right, boys. Well, I don't want to hold you guys up. I know Owen's got kids to put to bed. Donnie's got a crying baby. Tom's I have a Tarova to take care of. Tom's got Tarova and Crocs to shine up. <laughs> Go shine his Crocs and put his Tarova to bed. Mm, gotta go talk about Tarova in for the night. I'm just gonna All right, boys. Up. All right, guys. It's been fun. I'll see you. All right. See well, ya. Bye bye. <laughs> we'll see you next time.